You're listening to the Better Health Podcast with April, a platform dedicated to coaching women in areas of health, lifestyle, and legacy by speaking with leading health and wealth experts and with the goal to inspire women to thrive in their lives today and in the future. Now, on to today's episode. Hey everyone, you are listening to Better Health and on today's episode, I am so excited for this topic. I'm speaking with Kristen Knowles, who helps leaders live and lead from their purpose. So welcome to the show, Kristen. Thank you, April. I'm so excited to be here with you all and with your listeners. It's going to be an amazing episode. So let's dive right in. To start us off, I have a question for you that's asking, where are you from and what was your childhood and family like in regards to health and maybe a little more tailored towards what you gear your topics towards, like passion and everything like that? Wow. Um, Man, that's just a great loaded question uh, (laughs) coming out, especially because it's going to take a such a 180. Um, so I grew up, I grew up in Nashville and I still live in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and I love it here. It's great. Uh, so growing up, the idea of what my family was like in the area of health, uh, we start there. So my, my family was fine. I would say they were decently healthy. It's been interesting to grow up and see like, oh, my parents are actually pickier than what I thought they were. Um, (laughs) But I was actually the pickiest eater. Um, I had such anxiety growing up Mm -hmm. around food. Um, And I, so I literally did not eat things that weren't like fried or pizza um, or things like that until I was like 18, maybe, maybe 17. And then all I did was incorporate like grilled foods and eat Mm -hmm. still super, um, not tons. Right. Right. And I didn't eat vegetables until I was like in my early twenties. Wow. And so, and I remember I went to a doctor and he was actually a pretty terrible doctor. Like he was um, like really like bad communication skills. Um, Yikes. And so he like told me at like 16, he was like, well, if you don't change how, you know, you act, um, then you're going to die by the, I don't think he said that. I think he just said, you know, with the way that you're living, you're going to die by the age of 25. And there was no real context around like, you should start eating healthier. Like that was not the, like, that's yeah. what I mean by bad. Like, so I had this like fear of dying by the time I was 25. Oh my goodness. As opposed to it being like, no, you just should probably start eating better. <laughs> Death. It's in your future very <laughs> soon. Um, it was like, it was, it was like something from a sitcom. I'm like, anyway, but so in my early twenties, um, I lived overseas and I was in a situation I just had to learn to eat better. And it was such a, it was such a hard, but really good experience because mm-hmm. that was my kind of journey into realizing how important health is, um, mm-hmm. and how much it matters to the longevity and how you show up for the rest of your life. Um, and I didn't want my kids to grow up like that. So it was my, I was like, I have to make this my own and my own journey. I was always active. I was a ballet dancer um, mm. until I was uh, in my late teens. I had surgery and that ended that. But um, mm. all that to say, like, it's been interesting now as an adult to learn um, a healthy relationship with food, what that looks like, um, and how to prioritize fitness, not for what I look like. That was a big mm. learning shift for me is that so much of what I saw of working out from my mom, from my aunts and women was, it was to look better. And mm. now in my 
relationship has shifted into what's the purpose of how I want to live my life? What do, what do I want the quality of my life physically to look like when I'm in my 60s or my 70s, you know, 80s even? And what do I need to do now to make sure I can do that? So that's kind of my journey. That was probably a lot. Maybe answer <laughs> to a little too much on that there. <laughs> no worries. I love it. I love the full picture because it gives us so much context. And it's, it's actually really crazy because I can totally relate to you, Kristen, in the fact that you know, I started getting into health just because I wanted to look a certain way. And let's be honest, that's not like a very good reason to just get healthy. It should be an overall holistic approach to just, okay, I really want to take care of my body so that I can actually do the things that I'm called to do. So it's just cool that we can relate there. Yes. So I would love to know what ended up getting you into um, health specifically, like finding your passion and what led you to that? Yeah. So again, I think I, I had always been super tiny and skinny from maybe just genetics as well as dance. And then in my mid to later twenties, you know, hormones, body changes, all of those things. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, it was very much from this place of necessity. So I felt like I was trying all of this stuff. Okay, well, I need to cut out all carbs or I need to do this crazy diet. Um, Then I need to try this type of workout. And so I feel like a lot of my late twenties, even maybe into, you know, 30, 31 was, okay, I'm just trying to, again, try and get back to something. And it was, I would say, my the last few years, about three years ago, so mid thirties, it was a, okay, I'm not making the progress that I want to the way I look. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe, but I kind of feel better than what I ever have, you know, um, I think my skin is getting better than it has been. It, it was more of the wake up call. And I saw family members as well. I have an aunt who I'm super close to who is very frail and has a lot of health issues. And I mm-hmm. saw my mother, my mother, who is also in her 60s. And she's like hunched over and can hardly Mm. stand up. And um, I saw my dad who uh, struggles. He's doing pretty well, but Mm -hmm. overall, but struggles with his lungs. I just started seeing these people and what was happening. And I was, Mm. I was like, I have really intense, big goals for my life. I know exactly what I want for the most part, like my 60s to look like and my 70s. And I'm huge in travel and lots of big goals. I'm like, I'm not going to do it if I, if I'm in that situation. Mm. So I decided to shift of, okay, maybe I'm never going to have my 23 year old body again. And that has to be okay. But am I doing this so that I can show up well for my children and my grandchildren and for the purposes and the goals and the passions Mm. that I have for the rest of my life and my family. Um, And so that's kind of the relationship that I decided. And it's a lot easier Mm. to have that relationship with it than um, because you're showing up for a bigger reason than just, well, I hope I lose a few pounds this (laughs) month, you know? Right. Oh my goodness. It's like you're speaking into my story as well. It's like, (laughs) it's insane. I'm like, wow, yeah, tried so many diets, tried this, and, um, you know, certain things worked, then all of a sudden they didn't, and then it's, like, realizing, okay, like, if I am not this super skinny picture, and I'm not this certain weight, but I feel healthy, and my body is working properly, it's like, okay, that's what healthy is, and I need to be healthy for the future of, like, my future kids that I have, and being able to um, show up in life later on, and served my purpose. Like you were saying, it's, it's so crazy how it's so tied (laughs) to my story. (laughs) 
And I'm just also thinking about like, you know, many times I talk about hormones on here and I love how you address that as well, where, okay, you're going to be talking about purpose. What does that have to do with hormones? Well, you know, regulating your hormones, getting those healthy, making sure they're operating appropriately is going to be tied to you showing up and having purpose later on. And what is your purpose behind, you know, optimizing your hormones, your health? Um, So it's all tied together. I, I love it. Um, and I would love to just dive right into purpose. So could you explain like what it is, like how you would define it and then what impact does it have on a person? Yeah. So I have a very, uh, specific view on purpose. Most people, when we talk about purpose, immediately jump into my work, calling, right? Something of that nature. Mm -hmm. It's usually around a job or something we are physically doing. Even for mothers who are like, I'm called to be a stay-at-home mom. That's my purpose. Mm -hmm. And so no matter what, when I'm working with someone, I'm like, none of that's your purpose. That could serve your purpose. Um, I was just meeting with a a woman recently and she uh, has raised her kids and they're getting ready to go to college. And she was like, I had to go through an identity thing of, am I losing my purpose? Cause they're going to be, they're adults and they're leaving. And it's like, no, that was that, that period was part of serving in your purpose. Your purpose Mm -hmm. is so much deeper and bigger than just one season of your life. Um, So the way I look at purpose is that purpose is about how you show up in every area of your life Mm -hmm. and living that out fully. And so that's a lot of the, that's some of the work that I do um, when I'm working with people is we go through this whole process um, of really diving into their passions and their strengths, the areas that really interest them, um, their values. And then we write this whole like purpose statement and it has to be reflected in um, every area of your life. I have like six key areas that I work with typically, one of them being health and wellness, but it's like, you have to have purpose that has to be able to be rep you have to be able to represent your purpose in that area in your friendship friendships mm. in your family in your career um in your health and wellness right um mm. there's so many different aspects within that but to me simply put purpose is how you show up and how you're supposed to show up in every area of your life with intentionality into the fullness of that Hmm, Wow. That's powerful. And it seems that it is so much more than like your identity and what you place your identity in and just like the tasks that you do day to day. You know, it seems that it's just more than like, let's say your job description or your title. Um, And it's almost like an overarching umbrella over all of that, like whatever your job is, whatever your role is in the house, you know, it seems like what you're saying is it's an umbrella over that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because I tell people, your purpose can't be anything that could be changed, so to speak, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Because if you have a, I do believe that everyone has a overarching purpose for their life. But if Mm -hmm. it's wrapped up in a job title, um, or, you know, certain career and say that's gone tomorrow for whatever reason, then did you lose your purpose? Of course not. Um, again, if it is raising children, well, that's a certain part of it, but what happens when they are gone and they're adults, you have to live for more than just trying to live for your children at that point. Actually a healthy relationship or mother is, I let you go and I'm going to empower you to go do exactly what you were raised and meant to go do yourself. And they have an identity and a purpose out side of just that season of their life, because that's how they can continue to be able to live fully into their life 
um, in whatever new stage it is. So mm -hmm. it has to be, you can't have your purpose wrapped up into something that could change or be taken away or fall apart, right? It is that overarching umbrella, like mm -hmm. you said, that then different seasons, different jobs, all of that gets to show up and be represent, to get to represent your purpose and you get to live that out in that season wow. in that way. Amazing. So is a passion or purpose in someone is, do you believe that it is developed as a child or you're born with it or later on in life? What does that look like? Mm, that's a great question. Um, this is very much like hashtag Kristen's opinion. So I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Not based on scientific research. Um, my personal opinion, just in working with clients and what I've seen as I really do believe it is kind of what you're born with, um, but that we go through experiences and I think everyone can relate to this. We go, mm. we go through experiences, sometimes horrible ones, sometimes really beautiful ones. The mix of our life actually help shape as our journey in discovering our purpose, right? Mm -hmm. um, and as we get older, it brings certain aspects more into light, right? Um, mm -hmm. For instance, for me, I one of my kind of have a purpose statement, but a part of it is to help create brave leaders who transform the world. That's part of my mm. phrase in it. And, but like as a child, that was never something that I thought I right. wanted to do. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't until my journey took me on this place. And then it came, it came more into focus, right? So mm. I can't rush that. That was an experience I needed to have to help shape that part um, of what I feel like my purpose is. Um, but that now I get to do that in so many ways. And again, it doesn't get limited to when I was in corporate doing leadership development, right? That mm. when I left that, it doesn't end. And down the road, say I retire from whatever, you know, running my business, that doesn't end then too. I can continue to just can mentor and pour into people so that they can show up as great leaders. Um, mm. So that's just kind of one example. It's amazing. I think your opinion is so accurate and at least to what I was kind of thinking and you filled in the gaps and really gave a great description of that. Um, so now I would love to think about and talk about are there key pillars that you look at when you're trying to help someone come to their purpose or passion in their life? Do you look at their past, the present? What, what is that entailing? Yeah. Um, so when I'm working one-on-one, -on -one, it's always really great or in a group, even it's always really fun. I have a kind of, if you go to my website, you can download a little worksheet that kind of walks you through it, but it's always better when you're working with someone, you can dialogue. Right. Mm -hmm. So typically what we do, and I'm like doing a coaching session with someone on it, we start with them filling out something that really goes into what are their core values? So they, we start there. We always ground in core values. Typically that helps bring other areas to light because I can have passions and things I want to do, but how does that reflect in the values of how I want to show up and live my life, right? right. Um, the things that are important. And so we start with values. Uh, then we start looking at strengths and we start looking at talents. And then from there, ones that they really enjoy. Because I tell people all the time, like, don't put down that you're great at accounting. If you hate accounting. Like, that's, let's not do that. There's no way that that's your purpose if you're miserable doing it. So exactly. Just because you have something you're good at doesn't mean that that needs to be represented. So I say, like, Think about your strengths and your talents where you just come to life. You love doing it. It gets you excited. Um, mm -hmm. You, you know, look down and you realize I've been doing this for, you know, 
a lot longer than I thought and could keep going, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do, an, I have them do some pre-work, some homework where they start doing some reflective places of like, what were some of their favorite jobs they ever had? Um, and they send, there's also a questionnaire where I have people send out to past bosses or maybe mentors or people in their life and they answer questions kind of on things that you they feel like they would be great at and all this kind of stuff so we do a lot of pre-work in that area and then as we go through the values and talents we start looking at their passions we start looking at um all of these things and kind of dreams that they have and then we go through kind of this whole process and work through it and then we usually dialogue through some of the ideas um, but then they write this general purpose statement where they look back on all of the work that they've done using their homework and so that can take a little bit of time um, and so they'll do that and then they start crafting this purpose statement that has to represent again every area it can't just be for their job or their home life or any of that it needs to be reflective of all the important places in your life get to show up through this. And so then from there, we do a lot of um, coaching on, okay, so then what does that mean for your life? Are you, do you feel like you're living fully in your purpose at this point? Do you feel like there are areas of your life that if you held, you know, um, a measuring stick up to what you just said your purpose is, kind of out of alignment that we need to fix and tweak and look at exploring other options. Um, and so, yeah, we'll, we'll do a lot of work in that too. Mm, that's amazing. Wow. There's so much that it entails. And I love the fact that you um, have your clients reach out to, you know, past bosses or whoever that may be, because I could just see like certain people, even myself included, where you ask, okay, what are your strengths? And you think, and you're like, some people might be just really humble and they don't want to boast or anything. So they might be like, oh, I don't, I don't really know, to be honest. Or, you know, maybe people like a whole range of things and it's hard for them to nail certain things down. I mean, so that's an amazing aspect of, you know, when working with you, because it, you're able to gather a lot more evidence behind mm-hmm. who you really are and your passion. Absolutely. Because people do sometimes get stuck. Um, So having the pre-work done first, they get to look back on that when they're working on identifying their own skills and talents to see, you know, I hadn't thought about that. But look, three different people all seem to think that this is something I'm good at. Do I like Mm -hmm. doing it? Do I not? You know, it it makes them go through a lot of those questions. But I found that it does help people to kind of hone in a bit better. Definitely, definitely. So what would you tell um, people that may be listening and they're like, well, why do I even need to find my passion like and figure that out? I'm in a job. It's not like I'm going to change my job. You know, what would you tell them, those that are like, "Eh, does it really matter if I figure this out? Yes. So um, (laughs) the main reason why, uh, and this is the research I have done uh, through programs I've run and all this different stuff, the number one reason for burnout typically Mm. is disconnection from purpose. Mm. Um, We can go, we can drive hard for goals. We can go really hard for goals. um, But then at the end, get burnt out either along the Mm. way or at the finish line. Um, We can run really hard in desperation, right? Fight or flight modes come in when we have to, you know, we absolutely can do that. Um, there's a lot of ways where we can push ourselves because that's one of the things oftentimes, like you said, you'll hear people like, I feel fine. I like what I do fine. I'm, you know, I'm getting, I'm climbing the ladder, whatever that looks like. So I don't need to go through into all of that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, disconnection for purpose has a finish line. It has a place where that does not work anymore. And that mm-hmm. was actually one of the reasons I started my business is 
I got to being part of senior level leadership in some different corporations. And I looked around and it was half of the people who I worked alongside either had been divorced or were getting divorced. Mm. Um, their health was deteriorating. They, I remember talking to someone, it's like, they didn't even know if they even liked what they did, if it was worth Mm. it anymore, but they got to this place like, well, we can't quit now. And I was like, this cannot be worth it. You know? Mm. So something, how do we help leaders to not end up in that space? We think that getting to the next title or getting to the next place is going to fulfill us and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say this connection for purpose is going to lead you to burnout, period. If you're experiencing mm-hmm. burnout or on the verge, we need to work on that. Now, on the flip side, I tell people all the time who I do work with, I'm like 50%, no, 50 to 70% of my clients, they don't quit their job. They don't. Mm-hmm. This isn't a, this is not work for you to figure out what should I do with my life? You know, right. some people it is, some people they're kind of going through a quarter life or midlife crisis and we need to work through that. But a lot of times it's people who are, I'm on the verge of burnout. I have big dreams. I know what I want to get to in my career. And, you know, um, but I feel like I'm maybe burnt out. I feel like I can't keep going like this. Um, mm. Or I honestly want to become just the best leader I can. And I recognize that I don't feel like, I'm living fully into that place. And so that's Mm -hmm. the work that we do and helping them to reconnect to purpose in every area of their life, build leadership skills on top of that so that they can, Mm -hmm. if they want to stay in their job, but get to that next level, really refine their goals, um, make sure that their family or their health don't become collateral damage Mm -hmm. while you're trying to go after your career goals. That's huge. So how do we maintain and protect those places? Right. Wow. That's, that's a great response to anyone that might be thinking now. I'm like, yes, like, where can we sign up kind of mentality (laughs) now? (laughs) And, you know, it's, it's really great that you say, you know, people don't need to quit their job. It's just a matter of like, okay, now that you know your passion and purpose, how can you filter that into what you're doing right now? And by focusing on those strengths, those passions and purposes, you can, yeah, like you were saying, shine through and make it to the next level because you're focusing on what you're good at and what you're called to do versus the mundane or having kind of no idea with that. Exactly. Yes. And I think that's been some of the work that I'm love getting to see are the people who they typically their jobs don't change, but they show up so much more enthusiastic Mm -hmm. and happy about what they're doing. Their bosses and their team come back and tell them like something is different. Um, Mm -hmm. They feel like they have more energy to really do really well and excel in those places. And then their job, they, I was talking with one client who's like, you reminded me why I got into the business that I'm Mm -hmm. in and helped me remember that, this is worth it. It's not just going through the motions anymore. It's like, that's what we all want, right? Mm-hmm. Is that feeling. Amazing. Totally. I'm hundred percent agreeing with everything. <laughs> oh man. So what are some of the barriers and things that could hold us back from actually achieving our purpose? Ooh, um, big one is fear. And fear is going to hold us back in so many different ways. Fear. It could be fear from feeling like we're not enough, right? Imposter Mm -hmm. syndrome. It could be fear of, I don't know if I have what it takes, or um, it could feel like I don't know if I have the capacity to be able to go do that. You know, there's so many different aspects of fear that can hold us back. Um, And so I would say fear is one of the biggest ones. And then the other one would be our mindset and belief. 
That's huge, right? I feel like we've heard a lot about mindset in recent years, but it's, it really does make a huge difference in um, the stories we're telling ourselves, right? When we're having mm. issues or um, feeling like we're not getting along well with our team members or our boss, right? We tell ourselves mm. stories to make sense of the behaviors and things that we see happening. So that gets in the way. Um, we also tell stories about ourselves, right? Well, mm -hmm. I'm this, I'm that, I'm not enough. Or every time I work out, nothing happens. So it's not worth it. You know, all of those kinds of things. So mindset and belief systems are huge on top of the fear aspect. And I think the last one is um, being spread too thin. Like mm -hmm. the, the idea of balance, um, that's a lot of the times when I go in and work with leaders, especially corporate leaders, it is a lot of things they know they want to change and that's yeah. important, but they honestly just feel like, I like, I don't, I don't know where, mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't have the time and I don't know where it could come from. Mm -hmm. um, everything seems to be on fire, right? Everything is important. Mm -hmm. So nothing is important when that happens. Um, and so we've got to become better at rest. We have to come, become better at intentional designing our day and our life and our schedule and taking ownership of that. Mm -hmm. um, comfortable with saying no to certain things. <laughs> Um, and comfortable with margin and this idea of margin and white space I've been really interested in because hmm. in my own life, I am the kind of person that is schedule like everything up to the very minute, right? There's no right. room and get as, let's squeeze as much out of 24 hours as possible. And <laughs> I recognize that that was really not serving me in a lot of ways. I wasn't able, hmm. able to be strategic with my team. I wasn't able to um, plan the way that I wanted and show up well. I was mm. anxious and stressed because I was just go, go, go. And I didn't yeah. have time to um, rebound. And I, it made me actually, the, the kind of aha moment I had was at the gym, shockingly, um, <laughs> totally separate from anything, but it makes sense. I'm at the gym and I was doing um, weightlifting and things like that. And so, you know, it was the idea that I did a rep, you know, did like, you know, 15 drops or whatever. And then I had to pause and I had to rest before I could start again. Mm. Um, and my husband and I are talking about that. And he was like, yeah, you know, you actually have to do these longer rests so that you can continue and keep going to increase your mm. you know, muscle mass and strength and all of that. And I was like, we don't live our lives like that mm. where we don't, we think we can squeeze as much out of every second of the day. And we don't realize that what's happening is we are decreasing our capacity. When we do that, our, we're not growing. We're not becoming stronger in our skills and abilities. We need intentional downtime and margin and, you know, kind of that rest period, um, throughout our whole day, not just, you know, on the weekends and not just when you have a vacation. So that has been something that I think also will hinder us is when we don't understand that practice of intentional mm. rest. Wow. Yeah. So, so many things that can hold us back. And I, I love how you tapped into fear. And, you know, if we live in a constant state of fear of like, oh, this could happen or that could happen, or I don't know, there's so much unknown to it. You know, if you continually let that get in the way, you'll never know your true potential and what you could actually become. And the fear will just hold you back. And by the end of your life, you, you'll be like, you'll look back and think, what did I do? You know, if I, I was constantly living in a state of fear and I wasn't ever, I never knew what potential I actually had because I didn't take that leap. And it's okay if we fail, you know, it, that'll come and it'll just help you to adapt and, you know, switch your mindset and think about, okay, you found something that didn't work. Now let's figure out what can work. And so it's, it's just really powerful that you brought that up. 
Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Fear will hold us back. Fear of failure. We're, we are so afraid of failure. What I found is that we're typically less afraid of failure and more of if we fail, what does that mean about me? Mm-hmm. Or what, how will that impact other people? Um, and so that's oftentimes people just think, well, I'm afraid of failure. It's like, well, let's get to the root of that issue. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's so true. Right. hundred percent. And I'm sure this kind of ties to my next question. What are some of the myths about purpose? Hmm. Okay, so I would say the number one myth is we think purpose is our job, our calling of what we're made to do. And I, that is my biggest one that I um, immediately have to dispel is if we assign purpose only to that area of your life, then the other places that are very important and actually bring fulfillment and fullness to your life will get left behind when you are going after your just that aspect of your purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's what we yeah. see oftentimes when um, relationships and family, um, health, all of that kind of, again, becomes collateral damage when we think purpose is only going after our big dreams and our calling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the biggest myth. It's not, it's not just that one area. And if we keep thinking like that, it will harm those other places in our life. Um, that's the biggest myth. The other one is that we have to have a big aha moment. Um, so I think the, mm. that's the other one is we imagine that I, I've worked with some people like, I'm just waiting to discover my purpose still. I'm waiting to find it out. It's like, well, <laughs> you know, like you're, do you want to get to like 40 years old and then figure out what your call purpose is? Like, well, yeah. no, you're not meant to do that. Um, so let's <laughs> like bring down and make purpose much more, it's, it's more full than again, this aha, you know, moment <laughs> it is, um, it's more full, but it's act and deeper, but it actually impacts greater when that happens. Um, sometimes that's hard for some people because they're like, well, if all I had to do was go through this exercise and this is my purpose, that doesn't tell me what I'm supposed to go do with my life then. So I'm like, mm. well, great. We can work on that. Let's, let's come up because I tell people, I'm like, you're going to, your purpose is going to look different. It's going to be represented differently at different stages. Mm. Um, So that's another big one. I'm like, you know, if you reach this one amazing dream goal, well, then what happens with the rest? No, you're going to shift and it's going to change. You'll have new goals. Mm. So let's figure out how you can represent your purpose at this season of your life. Um, So I'd say those are the two biggest myths. Mm. Yeah. And also thinking about, okay, when someone is trying to find their purpose and what they're actually called to do, how, how does one know when they're successful? Oh, I would say, um, One, again, when you can measure it up against your values and kind of what you have put together is your purpose, when you can measure it against that and see that you're living in that and that Mm -hmm. there's no um, compromise in either of those places, Mm -hmm. it's it's embodying those, both of those areas fully, I would say you're successful in that place. Um, You know, I, I, I think the other one is finding fulfillment. I Mm -hmm. say that cautiously because oftentimes there are going to be seasons when you're living fully in your purpose where things can be hard and you can think, well, then I'm not doing my purpose. And sometimes we go through hard seasons and they're meant to serve our purpose and refine us. So I would say a huge part of being successful in finding your purpose is being able to look at the other, all the areas in your life and feeling genuine, um, 
fulfillment and joy in those pl- purpose and those places, but don't assign it to feeling good all the time because mm. growth, I mean, again, let's take it back. If I'm taking it back to working out, growth requires stretching and pain. Um, if I'm going to become stronger, it means I'm going to have to be facing things that will probably feel uncomfortable, possibly painful and stretch me past my comfort, mm. current comfort zone and limit. Um, and that is okay. Mm, yeah. So it's like when you reach a hard point, don't just stop and be like, Oh, it's too hard and turn around and stay secure in where you're at. <laughs> it's like, in order to grow, we do need to experience hard times and just think about the strength that you'll gain from that and the strength that you will develop in your passion. Yeah. Um, and you'll be able to show up even better later on because you went through so much. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> mm. It's so, so fun. This, this topic is just, I love it so much. I would love to know then, you know, what are some of the steps that one can take when they're like, okay, I really want to try to figure this purpose out for my life. And I know you talked about looking at, you know, the strengths in their life, um, asking other people, what are the strengths for someone that's just starting out? What would you recommend? Yeah. Um, well, I do, I mean, I tell people all the time, like, um, I think having help and resources are huge. So if you're able to find a coach that you work well with in this journey, um, look for resources that are available. That's huge because it's going to help you. You're not going to feel like you're just like stumbling around and figuring it out on your own in the dark. Um, so those are the two big things that find a way to invest in resources and support. Um, but you know, as far as some of the activity that you'll probably do, you know, alongside someone, if you want to try it on your own as well. And even leading up to that is definitely get clear on your values. Some people, um, oftentimes it's like we have a list of like 20 values. Um, and we probably have a lot of values that are important to us, but you need to get crystal clear on just say select handful handful that are really important. And those are your core values. Um, not just aspirational values, but hey, this is true to who I am and I don't compromise on these. Mm -hmm. So that will be huge in discovering your purpose to start there. Um, And then I would say definitely reach out to either um, really close friends or mentors that you've had, potentially past bosses or coworkers, people who will be really honest with you and Mm -hmm. ask them, either send them a list of questions Um, or ask them if you could interview them and if they'll be willing to give you feedback on places that you really shine and excelled. What are some of the places that you struggle with? Um, What are some ways, what are some things that they would imagine seeing you do um, really well and just finding joy and growing in things of that Mm -hmm. nature? Um, What are some of my blind spots, stuff like that. So take Mm -hmm. that information alongside your values and start to dream. I think we Mm -hmm. have lost the art of dreaming and allow ourselves to dream really big. Um, And so do that and then get clear on two or three strengths that you have, um, talents that you bring to the table that you enjoy, and then really start to dream up what would it look like um, for all of these things to be represented in my life and what does it look like for my purpose look like from today until you know I'm a hundred years old, mm-hmm. that it will reign true no matter what time or season my life, and all of these can be fully embodied in it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a that's probably the easy you know the best way and the simplest way to start. Yeah, and I love that you honed in on the fact that you know find someone a coach for your life, and I mean you have 
so much skill as well in this area that you would be an amazing coach. And the fact that, you know, recommending that is huge because people need accountability. And yes, you could do this all on your own, but it's so great to have someone else to talk through it with. And you bring so much more to the table and so much more experience. And you're able to find the blind spots that the person that you may be working with doesn't see. And that can bring so much more clarity. And it's just good to have someone there to talk through everything with. Um, do you have any like recommended books that people can read to kind of start the process? Oh, um, you know, I haven't really found a great book specifically on purpose. I think this is the first time I've ever been asked. I get asked <laughs> a lot of my work, I work with leaders. And so a lot of the time it's like, what's your favorite leadership book? And I have a right. whole list on my Instagram <laughs> of recommendations. Um, and, so and maybe that maybe that's the step that someone needs to take is like reading a leadership book, you know, and you can go with that too. <laughs> so I would say in what I what I think is a great place to start because it's it's necessary um, is getting raw with yourself and really grounding into authenticity um, and accepting who you are. I think that's a big part of purpose. So there is a book by Brene Brown called Braving the mm-hmm. Wilderness. Um, I love her other books. They're very um, big on people doing kind of battling shame and leadership and stuff of that nature. But the Braving the Wilderness book um, personally was probably one of the most life transformational books I've ever read because mm-hmm. it gets you, it gets really raw in the idea of before you can belong anywhere, before you could belong to a purpose, even mm-hmm. you have to belong to yourself first. And how do we belong to ourselves. And that's honestly a really hard struggle for most people because it requires us to look at the places we don't like in ourselves um, and look at our past and look at all of those things. Um, If you are willing to be brave enough to do that work so that then you can accept who you are and just show up fully and authentically and love yourself well, then you will actually be able to soar in your purpose um, and be able to show up better for all the people in your life um, in deeper ways. So I would say that's probably my, my recommendation on where to start. That's a great place to start because it, it helps you to just dive into, you know, who you are and being able to really figure that out so you can serve others well because you figured yourself out well and you're, you yourself is, is good to be able to serve. So I, so before we start to wrap things up, I'd love to know what is your passion, Kristen, and what are some of your values? Mm, okay. Um, so from a value standpoint, I was, I literally was just, uh, writing some of these up just the other day. That's so cool. Um, so I would say a big one is start, start from heart and start from humanity. Um, mm. that's really important to me. Um, in my work that I do with corporations and with leaders, I, I often use the phrase of, like we're restoring humanity in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important because when we bring in the human element to things mm-hmm. is when we are able to really um, hear other people's stories and experience, we can love them and serve them well. So to me, um, humanity first or starting from humanity um, is, is really important. Um, another one for me that's a core value is to live brave. Um, mm-hmm. So that shows up obviously in the name of my work and <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. everything I do. So live brave. Um, living brave is really important to me because um, I, I break brave down really simply. 
uh, I had this, I had to define it for my, my daughter when she was two. Mm -hmm. And so a two-year-old has to like very, very basic descriptions. And I told her, you know, brave is doing something scary or something hard and trusting. And that to me is simply such a powerful way to live bravely is I'm going to be faced with hard things. I'm going to do things. I'm going to be faced with times that are scary, right? Mm -hmm. That fear aspect, but I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust that whatever I'm faced with, I can get through it. Mm -hmm. It will serve me well. I will learn from it either way. Um, And, you know, whether it's even having a hard conversation, I'm going to trust that this is the right thing I need Mm -hmm. to do in the process. So live brave, community first, authenticity, so um, I am, I don't know if, if anyone gets really into like personality stuff. I'm an Enneagram three. Oh my um, gosh, me too. Are you? Okay. Yes. So love, love all things Enneagram. Me and so <laughs> one of the hard things with threes is we can, um, that can be a hard place for us to really, oh, truly be authentic in every area. So that's a core value to always, I, I measure against because it's important to me is am I being authentic to myself and to the situation? Mm. Um, and then I would say my other core value is committed to growth. Um, I am so passionate about continual on, ongoing growth, personal development. I have a coach myself. I understand that if I'm going to get better, I have to keep learning and mm-hmm. being committed to a lifelong process of doing inner work on myself to, so that I can be healthy and mm-hmm. um, showing up well and dealing with my triggers and my emotions, all that stuff. So those are my core values. Um, my uh, passion, purpose, my purpose is um, I don't have the statement right around me. I should probably have it memorized by now, but it, it basically, it, you'll, I mean, it's basically all of my values. It looks like, like to live authentically and to show up bravely in every situation and to help, excuse me, other people on their journey to discovering their purpose and living their purpose fully. So to create brave leaders who will transform the world around them. Like mm-hmm. that's my big overarching umbrella. And I do that in my um, company with brave leaders group and the work we do with leaders um, and in corporations as well. And um, I'm really big about it and how I raise my daughter, how I am with my friends and my community, mm-hmm. all of that. So yeah, that's amazing. Thanks for sharing that. That was like, that gives people so much more context too of like, okay, what are values and what is a purpose and passion? And I can, wow, like I relate so much to the whole authenticity and especially being another Enneagram three of like, you know, we want to be good in every single area and we adapt to the situation and the people we're with to the point where it's like, who even are we? You know, it's like, I, I assimilate to every situation and trying to just be good at everything. So it's like, I think, you know, finding your passion, like, can relate so hardcore to Enneagram 3s, and I mean, everyone in general, but for us specifically, wanting to have goals and everything, and, you know, mm-hmm. according to a passion, like, <laughs> it, it just goes hand in hand, so I love that you brought that up. <laughs> yes. So now, time for the rapid-fire questions. Okay. <laughs> These are the toughest of all. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, but I would love to know, first off, who is the most influential woman in your life? And they could be mm-hmm. living or past already. Okay. People who are like personal connections or like people Anyone, who I've never actually met. <laughs> it could be either one, whoever you'd like to choose. Mm, okay. So I would say someone who I've not had the pleasure of meeting yet, however, 
big goals is I, I, Brene Brown's work has definitely been a huge transformational um, place for me in my life. It has been uh, her, her work has really helped me grow my leadership and also go through my own inner work. Um, So I would say Mm -hmm. her would be huge. Um, Other influential person, if I'm being really honest and as cheesy as it sounds like, Probably my daughter. I have a five-year-old daughter, um, and she she was she's adopted. We adopted her at two years old, and she has completely influenced how I do everything. Um, even down to I I was a nanny all, for years and years. You know. When I was younger and so I had all these ideas of how I was going to be as a parent mm-hmm. and her story and her experiences has completely altered the way that um, I ever was with kids before mm-hmm. previously and how I raise her now um, the way that she has overcome lots of delays and developmental issues mm-hmm. to now just thriving and soaring she influences me on that on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Her resilience res- like completely has influenced me. Um, you know, it is, I think that if I'm being honest, she probably has influenced how I am and how I show up mm-hmm. um, and the decisions I'd make um, and s- helped me to become a better and different person more than mm-hmm. any, anyone else. That is so amazing. I have a special place in my heart for adoption as well. My littlest sister is adopted from my cousin. So, you know, (laughs) I just, I just think it's so special. And I also like, I I don't have any kids right now. And I obviously haven't adopted any kids, but I sponsor a few children, like one in Uganda, one in Bolivia. And so in, in a way it's like, they're my adopted children. And so it's just special seeing their strengths and how they, you know, inspire me also, like you were saying, just their strength and just how they go about life and what they write to me and along with my little sister. So I, that's so, so neat. Thanks for sharing that. (laughs) Um, Next question. What is your favorite food? Hmm. Favorite food. It's, I feel like it changes, but probably (laughs) the most consistent is sushi. I really love sushi. Yes. Um, So I would say that that's, I try to judge what my favorite food is based on could I eat it multiple days in a row without being like, no, I just had that. And sushi is like probably top of the list. (laughs) That's a a great filter for figuring out your favorite food. Because I'm very similar where I'm like, just give me quality food and I love it. I love all food, but what could I eat every single day? Mm -hmm. Wow. Sushi definitely is up the top of the list there. Are you a past, present, or future thinker? I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. Oh, but. Future thinker. Yep. <laughs> um, to a fault, right? That's been mm. actually work that I've been doing on myself in this area yeah. of like, how do I, because I, I love planning and I think that that mm. is so key and being very strategic and being planful, mm. but how do I also make sure that I'm being really present? Um, I've been really, um, really trying to be cognizant of how do I be more still at times and be really present in the situation and how that's caused me to inadvertently have to slow down in good ways. Oh, for sure. I can relate. <laughs> um, what is your favorite travel destination or a dream destination you have? Mm, okay. My favorite so far would be South Africa. It's like mm-hmm. um, Cape Town, South Africa is like my second home, my home away from home. I live there and uh, everything about it's perfect. And so I would say probably that, but my dream destination, um, I haven't, we had tickets to go this year, but thank you, COVID. Um, of course. <laughs> not happening. Uh, it's 
uh, Paris, France. I've been to mm. France, but never Paris. So I'm, I'm going to go. <laughs> oh man. I just picture the pictures where it's, you know, the Eiffel Tower, it's night and the, the lights are twinkling. Oh, love it. <laughs> and then the last question, what are you currently reading? Mm. Currently reading, I am reading Born to Win, uh, mm. super old Zig Ziglar. Um, and I've oh, never gosh. read any of Zig Ziglar stuff. Like I've always like seen the quotes and, and a lot of people that love it. And yep. I was like, you know, I feel like it's like time. Um, so that's what I'm currently doing. <laughs> uh, he's amazing. I haven't read any of his books either, but like so many of the people that I'm around have, and it's like, it's totally on my list. It's just a matter of like getting the book now and, or his books, I should say, mm-hmm. and um, reading them because he's such an inspiration to so many and I, I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so how can listeners connect with you, Kristen? And I know you have a few things coming up too, along with your um, coaching practice. So if you could share that with us. Yeah. So um, on Instagram, it's Kristen Pinkston Knowles. So you can find me there. Um, on Facebook, it's Brave Leaders Group. Um, so those are easy ways to find me. Uh, you can also go to my website, kristenknowles.co. You can download the, what we've been talking about, this purpose. Um, you can download a free resource that I have that walks you through every single thing that I've just talked about. So it's really simple and easy. If you're like, I don't know if I'm ready to work with someone yet, maybe. Um, it's like, go do that. And then um, from there, you know, maybe you're ready then to work with someone because that's when you actually put action plans together and everything. But this is the website, get the free resource. Um, it will be really helpful. Uh, but yeah, so coming up 2021, we are getting ready to launch um, our second round of Brave Leaders uh, coaching program. And that is really, it's, typically it's focused on leaders. Um, any, oftentimes working with corporate leaders, but also consultants, um, entrepreneurs, but it is helping them to reconnect with their purpose. So um, you might be thinking, well, I already know what I want to do. Um, and that's okay. This isn't about helping you discover what is your big thing you're supposed to do. It's actually in supposed to help you achieve balance and help prevent burnout and help you to remember why it is you're doing what you're doing in the first place or what are you, where are you going? Help you to really align with the, with your purpose and with your goals, um, to, uh, really deepen the quality of your relationships in your personal and professional life, and then create really, um, high performing leadership skills on top of that. So um, I did corporate leadership programs that were award winning for many years. We take all of that and we put it into this context of being able to be a purpose driven leader. Uh, So that launches in early 2021. Um, So I will share a link with you and anyone who's interested in applying for that. Um, You do have to apply uh, to be part of the community, but would love to uh, meet with anyone who's interested. Awesome. Awesome. That will all be in the show notes for anyone interested. And man, Kristen, you have so much to offer. This was such an enjoyable episode and interview. And I know listeners are just going to take away so much from this. So thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. It was such a pleasure. Thanks, April. Just the conversation was so much fun. (laughs) I agree. Thank you. 